Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Making his second appearance on the podcast is University of Arkansas Fort Smith's head men's basketball coach, Jim Boone. Coach, welcome back. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Tony, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. For sure. Looking forward to this. And Coach and I have been coordinating for the last, for the last seems like the last couple of weeks. So we were just talking the busyness yeah. of summer. Last time I had you on the show, we talked about probably what a lot of coaches uh, know you for, but the pack line defense. And we're moving this time to the other side of the ball. And uh, we'll talk exactly kind of why we're doing that. But before I talk about specifics, what is your offensive philosophy? Uh, great question. First of all, though, let me start by saying this. Um, I'm a big fan of yours. Enjoy, I enjoy listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Get a little disappointed when it doesn't come out as fast as I'd like it to because <laughs> I walk I walk a lot for my exercise. That's a great time to listen to podcasts and That's to awesome. – uh, you know, really think about, and, and it, I, I think this is a great thing about podcasts and a great thing about what you do. It doesn't matter whether you're listening to someone who philosophically is the same as you from an X's and O's standpoint. There's so much to be learned uh, and it makes you think. And in that, what we, you know, it just make, it makes, whenever I'm listening and I'm hearing someone else, it makes me think, you know, about what I'm doing. And, um, we've got to be, we've got to be, uh, constant learners and trying to get better. And it doesn't mean you have to do those things. It doesn't mean you have to adopt those things, but I think it helps you to become a better coach. And so thank you for what you do. I, I appreciate it. And again, I'm a big fan. Offensively, we talk about our philosophy and it's evolved over, over time. Um, as, as most people's has, but it's always been founded in these things, no matter what we, what vehicle we utilize to employ the offense um, or where we were located. It, I always wanted to utilize an offense. that was going to be grounded in fundamentals first. I wanted, I wanted to be able to run something that I didn't have to sit there and orchestrate every single move, that we were teaching our players how to play and teaching our players how to make plays as opposed to running plays. And lastly, that it, and this is something we evolved to, something that was going to complement our defensive, uh, our defensive play. And so, it really, in what we've been doing probably for the last, um, I think we we're probably about eight, nine, maybe even gaining on 10 years here of running uh, the blocker mover approach. Now, when I say blocker mover, it, it's our approach to motion because we still want to give our guys the opportunity to read and to make plays 
uh, and not to be uh, too structured. But with that being said, I've really enjoyed the structure of uh, a blocker mover. And some people might say, well, what what are you talking about? What is that? It's a it's a screening and cutting based offense based upon fundamentals. There's a lot of screening and cutting that occurs off ball, not as much on ball, but we do incorporate uh, on ball uh, screening. It is something that Dick Bennett uh, re- really brought to uh, the forefront in his days at Wisconsin Green Bay. And then when he advanced to, uh, or I shouldn't say advanced, but when he moved on to University of Wisconsin and then to Washington State, he also ran that. And that Tony, his son, Tony Bennett, Coach Bennett at uh, Virginia, has continued to employ. And there was a day we were just uh, in the summer, you know, when you kind of start thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it. We had been running pure motion and uh, we were okay with it. And frankly, uh, we, we were at Delta State. It was in our early years there. Delta State, for those that don't know, is is a Division II school in Mississippi, plays in the outstanding league in the Gulf South Conference. Uh, and we had been fortunate enough to go in and win that league, running motion offense. But we were bringing back an inexperienced team the next year. And we were sitting in a league, in a school, in a state where we were surrounded by 15 junior colleges. And what did that mean to us? Well, it meant that uh, those junior colleges all had like 10 scholarships that had to be offered to in-state students. So 150 in-state students were being offered scholarships to go to a junior college. Well, as a division two school, the problem with that was is those junior colleges were all, and rightly so, telling their, their, uh, their prospective recruits that listen, uh, we can we can give you that Division One dream. We can give you a chance to go to a, a major college Power Five school, and if that doesn't work out for you, Delta State will still be there. And they're right; we were still going to be there. So we thought, well, uh, we we don't want to, you know, cut off our nose to spite our face, so to speak, when we've got all these great players and great talent here in the state of Mississippi. We want to be able to recruit those young men, but we're going to have to do it as, as junior college players, which meant that we we're only going to have them for two years. And for those of us that have ran what I've kind of referred to as pure motion, where you have a lot less structure in it, there, there's a steep learning curve with that. It takes time. It takes time to develop. And so Virginia was running uh, their version of blocker mover. I really liked how they were doing it. It was very similar to our pairs alignment that we had ran in motion. I was able to contact uh, Coach Soderberg, who was Tony's assistant, still is Tony's assistant. Uh, He was awesome. And he referred me actually to his son, um, Kramer, uh, Kramer Soderberg, who's now the head coach at Milliken, I believe in Illinois. And, uh, Kramer is uh, far and away uh, advanced in his years as a coach, particularly, uh, believe it or not, offensively, coming from a very defensive-rooted family, but uh, has a tremendous grasp on offense and particularly on on 
blocker mover and, and the approach that we wanted to run to it, which Virginia calls sides. So I want to I wanted to highlight each of those individuals, Coach Dick Bennett and Tony and uh, Brad Soderberg and his son Kramer, because all of them played a very important role in what we do today in our version of uh, the sides. We call it pair still uh, blocker mover. But that gives you a little bit of an idea of why we why we do it. And uh, you asked the I think the most important question is our you know what is our philosophy offensively? Because we want to obviously use a vehicle to employ uh, an offense that is going to encapsulate those things. A quick timeout podcast is sponsored by Three on Three Hoops Hub. If you're a basketball coach looking to grow your program raise funds for your program, or build your basketball business, you're going to want to check out what 3-on-3 Hoops Hub can do for you. 3-on-3 Hoops Hub has run over 350 3-on-3 basketball leagues for thousands of kids since 1997 and is helping coaches all across country do the same. 3-on-3 basketball is the ideal format for players to get more opportunities, work on all skills and positions, and have fun playing competitive basketball with their friends. You can bring 3-on-3 to your community and do it like an expert, by learning from the best 3-on-3 Hoops Hub free training. To find out more and get access to the training, simply click the training.3on3hoopshub.com QTO link in the show notes below. I think probably most are coming to the realization now that these uh, systems are just frameworks for what then you can make your own. And uh, maybe we can talk about that in a minute. Most would probably be familiar with blocker mover just from Coach Bennett there at Virginia if they don't know anywhere else. And the pace in which they play, I think, a largely in part gets attributed to the pack line defense, and rightly so. But they also probably, with their blocker mover, pair that those two things together to help them keep that controlled pace that they want. I've seen some talk about like using it more of, of, of playing fast pace. So for somebody listening to this, I guess my question is, you know, how do you all use it in, in conjunction with your pack line defense? And then do you feel like it, it can be something that uh, is a little bit faster pace or does it should it be paired with something that is a little bit slower pace on the defensive side? I think you can utilize it to fit whatever your your style, your desired style of play and your philosophy is going to be. Uh, we know people that utilize it just as you indicated. I mean, let's uh, the Portland Trailblazers uh, when uh, Terry uh, the Stotts. coach when Terry Stotts was there, they ran a lot of elements of uh, of the of the, uh, of the blocker mover and particularly the sides mm-hmm. alignment. I've seen a lot of different Division One schools try to replicate it. A lot of different Division Two schools try to replicate it. I will say for us. Uh, we have a very patient approach. You know, Tony, it amazes me, and I guess this gets to my defensive roots and that we are we have a culture, a culture of defense in place. Every decision we make is rooted around how we can make our defense better. But we're, we're also in this thing to be as successful as we can be and to produce um, – the best results we can. In large part, I think you, as a coach, you have to figure out who you are and what fits you, but also where are you 
And what do you, where are you, what, you know, school program are you located at? And what do you have to do? What's winning going to look like for you? And for us, you know, we've kind of made our niche good or bad in this business as, as rebuilders. Hmm. You know, it's, I, you know, I don't know why I think it happens. It's happened a lot where an AD just kind of, he looks at us and says, you know, I know you like to build. I know that, that you've kind of you, you've been very successful in building. We would like for you to come and, and do that at our place. Um, we're going to let you do it your way where you can develop your system, your players and, you know, build build our program from scratch like you've done every other place. Well, when you're doing that, you usually walk into a place where there are problems and you know, things, things haven't worked out uh, for whatever reason. So you've got to come in and you've got to try, you've got to come and try to fix it. To do that, we've always found that defense has been the starting point. Mm -hmm. And so we want to put together something offensively that's going to complement that defense and help to make us, help to make us better on the defensive end. Because we know we're going to go through some tough times. It's not going to be easy. And for us, for us, and my thought is, if you're going to do that and you're going to be um, an underdog, so to speak, and it seems like everywhere we've been, we've been that underdog. We've been the team that's trying to climb up. We've got short in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it amazes me. I, I, it, and I, ever since I've, I've been a young coach and, and, move, and I've been doing this, this will be, I think, our 36th or 37th year. I'm not sh something like that. As a head coach, I hear these press conferences. And it's like the, every single – I was writing down some notes here when I when I knew we were going to get. And they all sound the same. Pace, space. We want to play fast. We're going to be exciting. We're going to shoot threes. We're going to pressure defensively. We're going to pay attention to analytics, and uh, we're just going to we're going to press, 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 and we're going to play fast, 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 and we're going to play with pace. And I, I, you know, I get that. I mean, you're trying to get your fan base excited and people excited, but the idea is to win. And it takes me back to a story of the great Charlie Coles. Um, and probably not a lot of people listening to our podcast will know Charlie Coles, but he was a long time successful coach in the mid American conference. He was, a uh, he was an assistant coach, uh, with Herb Sendak at the, uh, at Miami of Ohio. And then he became the head coach at Miami of Ohio you know, Char Charlie was a legend. He just did a great job. He was a great coach. And we were sitting together. I was supposed to be on next, I think, or he was on next at the uh, at one of the uh, media days they were having at the uh, for the Mid-American Conference at the time. And there was a coach had just been hired and he came up and he said all the things we just got through talking about, you know, we're going to play fast. We're going to play. He looked at me, Charlie did. He said, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, um, I love our game. I really do. And one of the things I love about our sport more so than any other sport is that I, I think that thing called synergy means more in our sport. Mm -hmm. where, where the whole is, is, is 
greater than the sum of the individual parts. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways to do that is to have is is to take a team and build it on fundamentals and build it on taking great shots, hunting great shots, taking care of the basketball and being really, really hard to score against on the defensive end. And so, you know, sometimes our offense probably doesn't, you know, takes a bad rap, you know, for uh, being a little slow paced when it's our defense that really slows our opponent down because they just can't come and, and get a, an easy or a quick shot, hopefully, if we're doing our job against us. And on the offensive end, I'll kind of go back to, you know, basketball, it's, it's, it's not an equal opportunity game. This thing about just letting guys shoot threes because they're open, there's a reason you're open, <laughs> okay? There's a reason you're open. Great shooters aren't open. <laughs> you know, defenses are smart. Coaches are smart. Players are smart. They're not going to let you just walk into shots. Mm -hmm. So I want my best guys getting shots. I want my best shooters getting shots from where they shoot it the best from. Mm -hmm. And I learned a long time ago, when you look at that stat sheet at the end of the game, on most nights it should reflect – the most shots being allocated to your best players. And so we want to be able to do that. And I think in order to do that against good defensive teams, and let's be real, you know, on, on our schedule, we looked at our schedule, who are we trying to beat? Are we trying to beat the, uh, you know, the, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful to anyone, but, you know, the Sisters of the Blind, are we trying to beat them? Are we trying to beat the directional schools on, on our schedule or are we trying to beat the best teams on our schedule? And yeah, maybe I can press the sisters of the blind into oblivion and win by 50, but what does that do to, to help my team beat that, you know, the two or three best teams on my schedule. And so that's where we've always pointed how we want to play and what we want to do. Uh, towards is how do we want to play against those teams? And against those teams, we're not going to want the easy shots. We're going to have to work to create those shots. So we want to put together a system of play that is going to afford us the opportunity to do that. One of the best compliments I've ever received as a coach came from Lenny Acuff, who's now at Lipscomb University as their head coach. He, he, Lenny and I did head-to-head -head battle and I think uh, hopefully it made them better. I know it made me better as a coach playing against them because they're very gifted offensively. But Lenny, I, I heard him speak at a clinic one time and he said, uh, it doesn't matter what you try to do against Coach Boone's teams. And it doesn't matter what you try to do against their to take their best players out. At the end of the night, you're going to look at that score sheet and their best players are still getting their points. They're still scoring. Uh, I think that's a, a great, you know, compliment to our offense and what we're doing with that offense. So are we going to play a slower pace uh, in regards to getting the ball up and down and shooting it quickly? Yes, we're not going to get the ball up and down and shoot it quickly. We're going to work to get our best shooters great shots. Now, if those shots happen in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock and we can get one of those guys open for a, an open shot, then by all means, we're going to take that. 
but do I thoroughly enjoy the opportunity to grind that clock? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I love it if I can. And I, I, I equate it, Tony, a little bit to that, um, the defensive uh, to football. And you think about teams that run, um, you know, the spread offense and all that, where they just want to throw it, throw it, throw it. And all of a sudden they're three and out, they're three and out, they're three and out, they're three and out. And their defensive guys are sitting there with their tongues hanging out saying, are you serious? We got to go back out here and try to defend again. And that's the same thing. We don't want an offense that's just going to put our defense at risk. It's going to make us constantly running back to play defense. We, we just don't want to do that. Now, I do, I do believe this. People have asked me, okay, you competed in the Gulf South and you were an underdog when you first went in there. And now you're in the Lone Star. And for the first time ever in your school's history, you moved into the Lone Star League our first year. And you're asked to compete against, I, I think the Lone Star, if it's not the best Division II league in the country, it's in the top three, bar none. It's amazing how good the talent is in this league and coaching is in this league. When you look at the last few um, Elite Eights and the, and the teams that have represented the Lone Star and made it to the Elite Eight, you can see how good the league is. Well, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to be different? How are we going to set ourselves apart from those teams in the Lone Star? And I think one of the ways to do that is to have a have an offense that presses you uh, on the offensive end. Well, how, what do you mean presses, Coach? Well, that's where we press you at because we're going to make you guard us, and we're going to wear you out on that end of the floor. If you choose to play man-to-man defense against us, then, then we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna make you defend late into the clock, and I've always been a big believer in having a seamless flow in our offense. I've never been one to think that we want to run a secondary break, and I know there are great coaches out there that have, you know, Roy Williams did a great job making the secondary break the focal point of their offense, but I've never been one to think I want to run a secondary. And then I want to run a set play. And now all of a sudden I'm dealing with eight seconds on the shot clock and I'm going to run a high ball screen. I, I want to be able to just run our offense and work to get our guys the shots that we're trying to get. And then let's, when we get into that eight seconds, nine seconds, 10 second range, we're not pulling it out and doing something different. We're just continuing to run our offense. And what you see happens is your team becomes better and better as the season progresses at screening and cutting and understanding roles. And they also become much more comfortable of operating in that last 10 seconds than what most people are. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I probably went no. long over what <laughs> that's good. right there, but uh, I kind of got on a little bit of a roll. So I apologize for that. No, it's good. I, I may catch you off guard with this. Do you have any idea where you rank either nationally or in the conference in pace? No, I know. Um, we were at the bottom in the league. Uh, believe it or not, there were a couple really good programs like Love and Christian, who was the number one ranked team in the country, was below us uh, or above us, however you they, – they were slower than we were. And uh, we were in the, uh, the top 20 or so. But here's the key stat. In offensive – in efficiency of scoring, in scoring efficiency, in scoring efficiency – we were a top 20 team mm-hmm. and we were in the top two or three in our league in scoring efficiency. 
So when you combine those two, that's a pretty good uh, complement of one another. Yeah, the pace and the space and playing fast always sounds fun, and it is fun, and we we do a, a, a type of that. But if you actually look at things, I think this is all of life, but just kind of a balance between the two. And is it allowing you to what you just said there? What you just told me is that our effective field goal percentage is pretty good. Like we score the ball pretty well. And, you know, those of those that follow along with the four factors know that like that's the most important thing. And then if we can play defense and make it difficult for the other team to score, that's going to give us a good chance as well. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Absolutely.